Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm Ian. And this is Famous Last Words, Episode 1. So we are two, two friends. We've known each other for a fairly significant period of time. Possibly too long. Possibly too long. And this is the last dying embers of, of this friendship, is to record a podcast. Uh, but no, we're, we're, we're friends who've known each other for years, and this is kind of a new adventure for us. And, and why don't we talk about exactly what this is? Well, what we've uh, decided to do here is make the most of a summer and possibly beyond and try to have as many adventures doing new things as possible. And so the basic idea behind this particular podcast will be approximately every fortnight or so, we're going to try and get a new experience under our belt, be it something extraordinary or ordinary, but something neither of us have really ever done before. And then uh, we'll sit down and have a conversation about it. And we generally think we're pretty funny guys, so we'll try to make this as amusing as possible for ourselves and for everyone listening. Yeah, and to help other people, we'll also be drinking a lot. But uh, but yeah, that's the, that's the basics of it. And this is episode one, the cooking challenge episode. So we're recording here on the 12th of April, uh, 2014. And uh, before we actually get into the shenanigans that we uh, got into for this episode, uh, is there anything you wanted to mention, Ian? I think there is, Tim. You know what I want to mention. The, the most important thing that's happened, certainly this month, to me, to you, possibly to anyone. We met, let's get the headline out right now, we met Hockey Hall of Famer, rookie scoring leader of all timer. The Finnish Flash. Timo Solani. And we didn't just meet him, we met him in a bar where he was at least a couple sheets to the wind. Not as much as we were, but still, he was... So anyways, let's go back. Big news. Let's talk about this. Um, we, You and I, and friend of the program, Kelty, went to Madame Butterfly at the Edmonton Opera last Saturday night. Uh, very good opera. I think you'd agree. Excellent opera. The uh, 50th anniversary of the Edmonton Opera, in fact. That's right. And, and uh, a singer with a voice like a... A shotgun. She was loud and insistent and, and right in your face. Sprayed it all over the place. That's right. Buckshot of vocals everywhere. But no, a very good opera. And then and then the three of us went and got a drink at uh, a local watering hole not too not too far away. Um, and a bar that in particular is is quite small. I mean, there's it's a tiny tiny bar. It's intimate. It's it's intimate exactly. And we were. Intimately close. We were, in fact, all sitting on each other's lap. That's right. Yeah, it was it was a Jenga pile of our <laughs> patrons. Um, but standing, when, I think I can't remember whether it was when we. I think he was there when we walked in. No, no, he came in after. Oh, he came in. That's right. He came in afterwards, and we were standing at the at the kind of side table area, and he walked right by us and sort of sat down with these two drunk guys uh, right next to us. Timo Solani, looking. I don't want to. I don't want to tell a lie here. He looks fantastic. Uh, this is quite quickly becoming the Timo Solani uh, fan podcast. It is. That's, I mean, that's the only reason I'm doing this. Uh, but no, he was. I mean, it was, and I recognized him right away. And I nudged you in the in the ribs and said, "That's goddamn. That's Timo Solani." And uh, I was kind of being a big fanboy, but also, you know, being politely Canadian and not wanting to 
to say anything or interrupt him. You know, he's there. He doesn't need people slobbering all over him. Uh, although, obviously, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I just wanted to lick his face. Uh, but, you know, we didn't really say anything. And we kind of carried on and had a couple drinks. And then we sort of kept saying, oh, we got to, you know, we got to get a photo with him. We've got to. I think our basic approach was any other time you and I have been in a bar and seen a girl, uh, we immediately notice her and then proceed not to talk to her for the rest of the That's right. And we carried that plan through to perfection with this one for most of the evening. We saw him. We wanted to date him. We didn't say anything to him. Uh, but then at the very end, and, and I, all credit to you, you were the person who, uh, who approached him. It looked like he was about to leave. And so you, you went over to him and said, would you mind uh, uh, taking a picture with us? And, and, and so we have a picture now of ourselves and Timo Solani and me looking in particular very shiny-faced because I'd had a few drinks. Um, uh, but yeah, that was, that was very cool. And then it turned out that basically every person in the bar had been waiting for someone to break the photo ice because Timo Solani spent the next 15 minutes having his picture taken with various people. Basically, everyone else in the bar came up one by one to have their picture taken with him. We so were all... We got in there first. That was, that was good. We... Uh, uh, so that was, I mean, I don't know about you, highlight of, of the month for me. Uh, I don't know, have you ever met any other famous hockey people? Or just famous people in general? Like, he's, I would say he's one of the more famous people I've ever met. Uh, yeah, actually, I think that's probably, as far as uh, NHL goes, or really uh, athletes in general, it's the biggest name I've ever come across. Well, I, I mean, I remember when I was, I think, 14 or 15, and I was traveling in Cape Breton with my family, Word came out that Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Hall and Joe Sackick were playing in this golf tournament near us. And so my brother and I trekked down with like a post-it note pad to get an autograph. And so had like, like 50 other kids. And they were, the Wayne Gretzky and Joe Sackick and Bobby Hall were having drinks at this patio and it was fenced off. And so there was just all these kids watching them drink a beer for about 30 minutes. And then you could see them finally sigh and get up with this look on their faces saying, ah, oh, shit, we actually have to do this. And Joe Sackick and Wayne Gretzky signed a bunch of autographs. And Bobby Hall kind of stood there looking sadly, wishing people would ask him to sign autographs. I, I think the closest I've ever come to stardom or a brush with stardom was, uh, oddly enough, in a mall in Vegas when I was 21. Uh, a friend of the podcast and I went down there and we were doing as 21 year olds do in Vegas. And while wandering through this mall, these two girls came rushing up to my friend of the podcast and exclaimed, oh, my God, you're Nick Carter. They then proceeded to start calling all their friends, and we were forced to flee. <laughs> I'm kind of curious which friend of the podcast this is. Oh, your friend and mine, Al. Oh, that makes sense. Friend of the podcast, Al. He also is going to hate the fact that I just put that story out there. He does look like Nick Carter. Might be Nick Carter. Okay, but that's so that's uh, Timo Solani news. <laughs> we'll update you week by week. Uh, but let's let's get on with the show. All right, so to get into this cooking challenge uh, adventure we had, we started off with the basic premise that we would have some friends, friends of the podcast, join us at a grocery store. They'd be given an, an amount of money, and it was $60 for this particular uh, day. One would start on one side, the other would start on the other side of the grocery store, and they would work their way into the middle, having not had any sort of 
conversation prior to about what they'd be getting. And we'd have this random mix of ingredients, ideally all different ingredients because they're coming from different sides of the grocery store. And after we combine these amounts, amounts that would allow us to divide it equally, Ian and I would have our own Iron Chef challenge. That's right. I mean, not... It's a little bit different from Iron Chef. It's not just one ingredient. It's a bunch of different ingredients. But the idea was sort of similar in that, you know, how can we use the ingredients that are given to us to create a bunch of different food and kind of go head to head, chef knife to chef knife, cooking skill to cooking skill, garlic press to garlic press, and uh, and just see who who whose cuisine would reign supreme. <laughs> uh, that yeah, that's. that's to coin a phrase, <laughs> um, but no, just just as a sort of uh, an adventure, we 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 uh, were very clear to our the two friends who helped us out with this that they shouldn't be speaking to each other about what they were getting and they shouldn't coordinate. And I think we were sort of expecting to get some pretty weird stuff, um, and they actually took some pity on us. It wasn't as uh, as crazy as it might have been. And then we brought it back to my apartment and and uh, started cooking. I think another factor was also we were going to force them to eat this food. Well, that's or not like we're gonna we're gonna hold them down. But yeah, the idea was that they would judge us. They would be the people who would uh, who would have to suffer the consequences of what they bought and our own cooking skills. Uh, and so that's what we did last Saturday. It was a little bit of holding down. That's right. Just on the one dish. So uh, we should quickly go through some of the ingredients that they bought. Um, now, the idea, as I said earlier, was this would be all different. Sadly, we picked uh, individuals who used to be roommates, and so the ingredients were surprisingly similar, considering they started on opposite ends. But we got about eight different types of frozen shrimp. They, it, it was amazing how many different places in this grocery store you could find shrimp, because they came back, each of them, with a lot of shrimp. Uh, we also got two different types of noodles, uh, both rice noodles and... Uh, Capellini or spaghetti, something like that. This is spaghetti-ish. Uh, we had some decent vegetables, uh, zucchini, mixed frozen vegetables, onions, garlic, uh, chopped spinach. Uh, we also had uh, oh, a jalapeno, which I don't remember using, but I'm fairly certain it was in there. Yeah, I, I definitely used uh, jalapeno. I, I made some uh, some hotter dishes. Some, and some of the uh, more interesting stuff we got, we got f- uh, faux lobster, which is, I guess was just pollock. Yeah, like frozen kind of gross whitefish. Yeah, Jason Pollock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the cannibal section, <laughs> from the dead artist section. Um, we got some celery, uh, Parmesan, pasta seasoning, which, spoiler alert, neither of us used. Yeah, that was really weird. I, I remember looking at the ingredients and saying, I don't want to eat this. And uh, the real, the, the crown jewel uh, being... The dual ingredients of guava juice and lavender. Yeah, dried kind of lavender seeds that looked a lot like birdseed and smelled a lot like lavender. Like, aggressively lavender-smelling ingredients. And because it's not a cooking challenge, uh, without it, we also got some raspberry yogurt. That's right, raspberry yogurt. Kind of very sweetened raspberry yogurt. And so we uh, we'd agreed that we would stick to these ingredients as much as possible and use as many of them as possible. But the in addition to these, we also agreed a few general spices such as salt and pepper, butter, 
because that's of spice everybody uses. Yes, the common spice butter. And uh, soy sauce and sriracha, because I probably put more of those things in my body than I would flour, which I refuse to allow Ian to use. A bit of a digression. Did you hear today that the sriracha plant being declared a public nuisance? No more sriracha sauce to be made? I know, it's a problem. I need to stop I'm, I'm quite worried about it. But that's that's for another episode. <laughs> the episode where I cry about the lack of sriracha. Uh, uh, so yeah, we, we got the... They bought the ingredients. It came in at exactly $60, more or less. I guess that can't be exact if it was more or less. You're making this up uh, as you go along, aren't you? But, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so they brought the, the... We brought the ingredients back here. We, we sort of laid it out on the table. Saw what we had. What were your initial thoughts when you saw all that? This is a bit of panic. It was a bit of, oh shit, this is, how am I supposed to think about this? The other thing that we, di we didn't really talk about was whether we could use sort of cookbooks or not. But in the end, I don't think uh, any of us did. I think we kind of went on instinct in terms of, in terms of food. No, it's true. Um, and I, in that respect, I was actually surprised at how uh, ingenuitive, if that's a word, I think I've just made up a new word. But if it's good enough for now. Um, how creative we were with uh, cooking and how we used almost everything. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it turned out, you know, for, as it went, it helped that there was, a, there was some beer on offer. Uh, but but it, was a, it was a fun day of cooking. So should we go course by course? Yeah, blow yeah. By blow? Uh, so we ended up, uh, and then this wasn't planned, at least it wasn't planned for me, but we ended up making four dishes, uh, sort of mirror each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shall we get into appetizers? Let's go appetizers. So, uh, I appetizers was was there were some there were dishes I think you would agree there were dishes that were sort of obvious from the ingredients we had that you know we were going to do each a pasta dish because we had that pasta there and and I think we both kind of settled on some kind of stir fry pretty quick but I think appetizers was sort of a bit more difficult and I particular kind of. Uh, we had this sort of two sticks of celery each, and I didn't really know what to do with that, but my mind went to, uh, to what's that dish, ants on a log, where you put peanut butter or cheese Whiz or whatever? I think that's, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it's called. Staple of our childhood. That's right, that's right. Uh, staple of uh, <laughs> childhood and possibly university. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I took the, we had cheddar cheese, and we had spinach, and I think I used uh, the jalapeno pepper, and I kind of made a cheese spinach dip-like sauce by just kind of heating that. Well, I think it was in it like a double broiler sort of, um, and uh, and then just sort of once I had that kind of as a goopy sauce, uh, spreading that through or into the cavity of the uh, of the celery, and it ended up looking very strange. We we took some photos of it, and we don't have a website yet, but if we do get one, we'll maybe put those up uh, online, but it, it ended up looking quite kind of mossy and verdant and possibly a little bit gross. Uh, and so uh, one, of the, one of the tasters dubbed it moss on a log. Uh, but it was in the end, it was pretty tasty. I think like, the chili was good. The cheese was good. It was a nice little contrast. It was uh, a tasty dish. Uh, now, and when I saw Ian making this, I immediately knew what I had to do, which was show him up because that's the kind of guy I am. Uh, so I decided to go, instead of uh, stuffing celery, I took the zucchini, cut that in half to make just pretty much a larger version of Anselm Log. I scraped out the zucchini, made them, or sautéed up the internal, inside of the zucchini. The internal organs of the zucchini. The internal zucchini. organs of the zucchini. Uh, a mixture of that, onions, uh, I think I actually, maybe that's where I use the jalapenos, um, and some cheese, 
and then put it all uh, to bake and uh, made some pretty substandard stuffed zucchini. It was pretty tasty. It was, uh, it was. I mean, it was. It was probably a more impressive looking dish than my weird celery sticks. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It was maybe a little bit bland, but but uh, we had, it, it was our by far the appetizers were our most unique dishes. I'd say. Well, let's talk about dessert later on. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, second course. Okay, so uh, so second course, and this is this is where prawns came into their own. Where the shrimp really, really took center stage, as we all knew they would, and uh, so this, I, I think, I was gonna say they were both stir fries. They weren't really stir fries, both of them, but mine was. Uh, so I took the the prawns, uh, the not the the. We had been given some sort of small shrimp, and I didn't use those, but I used the kind of bigger prawns, and stir fried them up along with the Pollock fake lobster stuff with a just a huge swack of garlic and uh and that was uh kind of the main basis of that dish and then and then i added in the frozen vegetables to the stir fry i added in uh some sriracha and some soy sauce and i think maybe more of the chili i think more of the the jalapeno might have gone in there i don't really remember now but uh but that seems to me like that was that was sort of like an everything in the kitchen sink stir fry uh, where a large part of my goal was to use as many ingredients as possible. The, the, the strawberry yogurt didn't make it in, but a lot of other stuff made it in. Uh, yeah, and that was, that was that one. And it was okay, but it wasn't as, as good as your second course. And, you know, I went, I went really simple on this one. I decided just garlic, butter, fried shrimp. Uh, there wasn't much more to it, and there didn't need to be, because that dish ended up being something else. It was tasty. You know, like... You really can't go wrong with just a huge amount of butter and uh, some shrimp. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, and so those were really our first two uh, appetizer-esque dishes. And then we moved on to the uh, entrees, the big the big deal, which ended up just being both pasta dishes. Yeah, ni- neither of us used the rice noodles. I think from, from my end, because I wasn't quite sure how to cook them. <laughs> and from my end, because I was hoping to take them home afterwards. And, and you did? And have you used them since? Uh, yeah, actually, I have. Yeah, made some soup. Oh, it's all worked out. It's all part of God's plan. But yeah, we both did uh, both did pasta dishes, and I think yours was sort of my kind of stir fry in pasta form, where you you kind of took a little bit of everything, the Pollock, the the mixed vegetables, the I think maybe some more shrimp. Yeah, you're just kind of tossing everything in the kitchen sh- uh, sink. Uh, whereas I liked actually really enjoyed your pasta dish. It was. Um, a spinach zucchini. Julianne moored up those zucchini strips. That's right. A redheaded Oscar-winning actress. I'm actually not sure that she's won an Oscar, but I, I Julianne moored the uh, the zucchini. <laughs> if she hasn't won one yet, I'm putting this out there to the listeners. We need to get her an Oscar. Yeah, let's uh, let's kickstart her an Oscar. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, pass it. it, it everyone enjoyed yeah. it. Mine was definitely a bit a bit uh, tamer than yours, but I kind I liked it as well. I thought it was uh, like it was it was a lot of spinach, uh, but sort of you know the celery was or the celery the uh, the zucchini was kind of nice with the pasta and and lots of cheese. You can't really go wrong with that. And this was one of the few dishes where the uh, friends of the podcast actually jumped in and really gave their criticisms to us, which summarized as needs more butter. The, yeah. the, the all spice of butter. 
I think they were sort of spoiled by the butter shrimp, and then after that, everything needed more butter. And I set myself up for failure. Yeah. Uh, but to speak of failure, let us talk about desserts. Oh, that's, uh, what a segue. That is correct. Uh, yeah, so desserts, neither of us, I think, were planning desserts. Neither of us really planned anything for this. Uh, and so we essentially were left with what was left on the table. That's the issue, is that we, you know, we finished, we made some kind of credible dishes, and then you're left staring at a tub of strawberry yogurt or raspberry yogurt, some lavender spice that you would never use in a million years, and frigging guava juice. And what do you do with that? Well, Tim, what did you do with that? I went uh, and decided to make a pagan sort of celery stick man. There's no other way to put it. It looked terrifying. If you were walking in the dark woods one day and you saw this little celery stick man on a log, you knew your days are numbered. Uh, And so I I diced up this uh, celery sticks, made the little man, and then poured yogurt into them to make my own bizarre ants on a log. Uh, and because gross yogurt on a log, gross yogurt on a log, uh, moldy, moldy, uh, celery sticks, and then uh, sprinkled lavender all around there because to hell if I know how to use that stuff. <laughs> exactly. You basically used it as kind of dirt on the plates. And uh, to wash all that down, I poured a bunch of the sweetest guava juice you'll ever find in a cup and gave them all celery stick stirs. Uh, not just a cup, wine glasses. Wine glasses. It was classy, folks. Oh, damn straight. So you, you kind of went with just sort of pouring a bunch of stuff on some stuff. You know, the the standard cooking technique of pouring shit on shit. Yeah, and uh, it looked great and tasted abhorrent. It was <laughs> just terrible. The yogurt and celery stick mixture combo did not particularly work. I think we can we were all adult enough to admit that that was a bit of a failure. It was a colossal failure. Yeah. But I, I swung for the fences on dessert. I didn't, I didn't just stick with pouring stuff on stuff, although that is in fact what I did. <laughs> I, tr- I looked at that, that guava juice and thought, time for guava syrup. Lavender-infused guava syrup. And so I tried to do a kind of simple, you know, two-to-one simple syrup, except replacing them using guava juice as the liquid. What I had not really thought about was how sweet that guava juice was and then what adding sugar to that and boiling it up would do, which is make something so ungodly sweet it was basically unpalatable. And then I tossed in a few lavender seeds to try and infuse it, but I was so suspect, suspicious of the lavender that I really went conservative. And I don't think anyone could have told in a million years. It was so overpowered by the just sweetness and guava-ness of... But so I ended up with the the sweetest guava syrup that has ever existed. That dish needed to come with a side of insulin. That was, it was, uh, it'll, it was like a kid's cereal. <laughs> it's the new, I, I just need some characters <laughs> and some cartoony things. It's part of a complete breakfast. Yeah, that's right. It's just a pile of sugar. And I poured it on some of the strawberry yogurt and people choked it down. And it was okay, but it was not okay. It was too sweet and too gross. And so, um, but we, we did get our f- friends of the podcast to finally come up with uh, or award the two awards that we thought were necessary here. Best dish and worst dish. And I'm, I'm going to break. I, I am going to break. I won took, both awards. I won both awards. Um, the garlic shrimp. Everybody likes their garlic buttery shrimp. And uh, nobody in fact like, likes yogurt 
on salary sticks. Do you think your 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 winning of the worst dish had something to do with the pagan like uh, symbolism of that dish that you know were were not ancient Greeks and you shouldn't be insulting us like this? I think it had a lot to do with the fact that. We couldn't even choke that thing down. Yeah, the taste was pretty... Uh, taste and texture did not work together there. I'm a little disappointed that presentation wasn't taken into more account. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, and I think we had slightly different interpretations or slightly different choices than our uh, our tasters. That I... Uh, Honestly, I think the, your spinach and zucchini pasta was probably my favorite. That was that was pretty good. I thought, I mean, I was sort of with the with the tasters on the, uh, on the, uh, the shrimp. But I thought I thought both of the pastas were pretty good, um, and yeah, I, I I thought the most creative were the 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 two appetizers, and I, I think that was sort of the dishes that were most in the spirit of what we were trying to do. Absolutely. Now remember, uh, listeners, if any of these dishes sounded interesting to you, you can get the ingredients simply, or you can get the recipes by simply pouring shit on shit. <laughs> if we can leave you with any cooking tips, we leave you with that cooking tip. Uh, yeah, and if you do have any comments, questions, complaints, uh, you can email us at complaints flw at gmail.com remember that's complaints dot flw at gmail.com and flw stands for famous last words which is the episode or the podcast that you're listening to right now and we uh i think that's probably wrapping it up for uh for today unless there's anything really important to go through uh no just uh thank you all for listening and i swear we're gonna do better next time <laughs> we might do better next time we're we're probably gonna yeah. try to do better next time. we're gonna do the running of the bulls next time uh yeah and then uh yeah so stick around our hopefully our next episode will be coming out in approximately two weeks where ian and i dodge giant bulls running down white avenue it's going to be lawsuit inducing <laughs> <laughs> thank you and uh take care everybody